0: Welcome to our latest episode of Center of Leafs Nation. I am your co-host, Lucas Ugenti, and I am joined with the other co-host, Anthony Sino. Unfortunately, Pat couldn't be with us this evening, um, but we are committed to sending content and creating content. And uh, we wanted to get one in because uh, obviously the playoffs happened fast. Game one, two, and three fast already happened. And uh, game three is this this Friday, I believe. We're recording Thursday night. Anthony, how's it going?
1: How's it going, huge? Um, everything's pretty good. Playoff hockey is, uh, is uh, fast and furious right now. It's taken up a lot of my life. I'm one of my favorite times of the year, the first round, just like, Four games every night for, like, at least a solid week. It's just absolutely unreal for any hockey fan to enjoy um, And even more enjoyable when uh, when your team's in it, uh, mind you. Uh, it depends on what you de- uh, determine as enjoyment, really, because uh, I know my heart rate has raised and, uh, and dropped a few times over the last uh, few days. I don't know about you, but it's definitely an exciting time.
0: Yeah, I would say it uh, rises and drops with every goal, every whistle, realistically. You never know what these rush are calling in these playoffs. Um, before we get into the Leafs, though, really quickly, did you catch that uh, three-overtime game, uh, Pittsburgh versus New York?
1: Yeah. Spicy pork and broccoli <laughs> by Louis DeLumme. Good for him. How awesome believe is that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, honestly. Like, you got, the guy just goes in cold as a – cucumber i don't know why like in hindsight it's like a cool story but like in the moment like when you really think about it like why are you eating spicy pork you know what i mean like you're the right. backup it's not like you you're it's not like you're a healthy scratch like you're eating you just eat something light i i know they got trainers making shakes and stuff like you couldn't it just seems like something that was so unneeded but so it like, ends up being a great story I think for me it's 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 the meal
0: more than the fact that he ate anything like like did, was he craving was he craving spicy pork all day and he, and he thought between the the second and third intermission of overtime that was the play or, or,
1: or nah. <laughs> my, guess, my, my theory was the the because they were that usually they eat something right after the game, right? Especially yeah. when they're going long. So my guess was that was the post-game meal right. for right. everyone. And he just, like, dipped into it early. You know what I mean? Like Because he, when you're the backup of goalie for an away team at MSG, you're, you're not sitting on the bench. You sit right. in the tunnel. Right. So this guy's got easy access to the room. Like, you know what I mean? He probably That's dipped into, like, some proper wear. <laughs> unbelievable. Good for him, though.
0: Great game, game, I bet on the Rangers
1: forever. Uh, I bet on, on the Rangers. Yeah, so hopefully they, uh, hopefully they pull through. I know we're, we're recording on Thursday, so I, last time I checked they were tied. So who knows, but we'll see. Long season again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's always tough. Anyways, to win. let's yeah, get to-
0: against-
1: yeah, let's get talking about these Leafs though. These uh, these uh. The, the comeback kids, I guess, in a, in, or the partial comeback kids, I guess we can call them.
0: Yeah, the almost comeback kids. I mean, we'll focus yeah. on game one first and we'll get into game two. Yeah. I think that uh, – I, I think overall we can say that game one – sorry, I shouldn't say we all should say. I will say that I did not expect a 5 nothing win. Um, I knew they were going to come out strong the first game, first game of the series. They had a point to prove, especially after the last game they played against Tampa. I definitely didn't expect five nothing. I'll take it. That was fun to watch. That was very enjoyable in any sense of the word. Um, the, the goals, the fighting, the, the penalties that were called, the power plays that were taken. It was just it was one of those games where every second there was something new happening, and it was it was fun. It, it was something that we missed obviously because last year ended in the way it did, and I guess game one started the way it did uh, with the Tavares injury and whatnot. Uh, but overall, I was very pleased with game one. Anthony, I don't know if uh, your opinion differs. I would imagine it doesn't.
1: I I really do think it was like, it was picture perfect for the Leafs. It was almost like a movie simply because every movie has like an arc, right? And a, and a, and a point where it looks like the good guy's going to lose. Right. And it's a little bit of a, uh, maybe the, the, the hypothetical writer of this movie wasn't, that schooled in in movie writing because the the adversity for the good guys came five minutes in with a five-minute major to (laughs) kyle clifford and i honestly thought i don't know about you i'm sure most people thought this but uh i don't want to speak for you but i I was watching it with my dad as i usually do and me and him looked at each other and we're like oh wow that's a bad hit and then if you remember they went to commercial and just before commercial or actually not even, I was re- I get some Twitter notifications from some Leafs beat, beat guys and they're saying they're reviewing the penalty and I just told my dad I was like "Daddy's he's getting five and and immediately we both said like there it is like that like we basically assumed we were down one nothing in that moment like in the series right. and not down one nothing in the game. I'm like we thought maybe they get two or three like you know what I mean like early on the crowd was rocking. Like, it was amazing to hear the crowd, like, oh, my God, was it awesome as a Leaf fan to hear. And then the penalty, and then I immediately it. like, shit, like, the skill guys for the Lightning are going to get into the game now. They're going to start touching the puck. They're going to start feeling themselves. Kucherov's going to be dancing. And and it immediately turned into a positive for the Leafs, for whatever reason. But then, like, the, the, the climb, I guess we'll call it if we're going to keep on with these movie references of that team just, and just kept steamrolling like that. They just turned it into a positive. Even Matthew said, like someone on the bench, said, let's turn this five-minute major into a, some momentum for us. And boy, did they ever. Muzzin gets the first. Then Matthew's on the five-on-three. Like it just really felt like the Leafs' speed and tenacity on pucks was just too much for the Lightning. I don't know if you listened to uh, – the uh, some chicklets are what uh, maybe part of my take this week. They had uh, a visit on and he said that uh, a little birdie told him that the lightning went out in Toronto Saturday night. Like a few of them did.
0: Okay. So maybe
1: they underestimated these leases. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like uh, biz is pretty well connected. Sure. So maybe they, maybe they took the lease a little bit for granted early on and the lease made them pay. And, and like it, it was just amazing. Like I just really enjoyed the game. Everything went right. The Stars got some, uh, some key goals. One on the power play from Matthews. Marner breaks the drill. You get a shorthanded goal. Muzzin feels good about himself. Plays a, a solid 22 minutes. Looks healthy, even though he clearly isn't, based off all reports. Campbell gets a shutout. The depths look good. You know what I mean? Virtually everything. You know what, except, like, maybe the power play could have been a little bit more efficient, but it was just a, a, a great start for the Leafs. But um, it really did bug me that everyone immediately after that game said, like, all oh, the lightning, let them have, like, they gave them a freebie. Mind John Cooper is one of my favorite coaches in the NHL, but he's like, yeah, we didn't have to play really well for the Leafs to beat us tonight, or the Leafs didn't have to play really well, sorry, to, to beat them tonight. So, look, at the end of the day... Like, uh, one game is is exactly what it is. It's one game in the playoffs. It doesn't matter how much you beat them. But it was definitely a statement that uh, this Leafs team was uh, recognized the moment. And I know that we always talk about that with this team. So, it was very good to see and exciting to watch.
0: It it really was, especially considering that it, it started out so disastrous. And realistically... As a fan, as, as even even a neutral, if you're watching that game, the moment you see that penalty go on the board and Clifford leaving the ice, if your reaction wasn't immediately, uh-oh, then I don't think you understand or you underestimate Tampa's power play. Because five minutes of a Tampa power play should easily, easily have you down 2 nothing. Any, any day of the week. It, it, it shouldn't even get oh, to yeah. a point where you're confident in them not even scoring one. Like, I, at the minimum, there's got to be one. So, obviously, something was I, off you even saw I
1: booked I booked two I booked two in that that 5 minute power play I said if it's two nothing at the end of this power play I'll be like okay like is what it is but like it could have e- like you you give them an early chance to get into that power like get into the game like that like we're very lucky it wasn't three and, and and it's actually very lucky it stayed at 0-0 zero zero, you know what I mean it could have been way worse way worse
0: oh very lucky and and I, I guess the problem I have with it necessarily in, in that game, in game one, if, if I had anything to to be upset about, it's it's the, the two stupid penalties the Leafs took to start the game. You, you're playing a team that is lethal offensively, and let's forget about the power play. They're already good enough five-on-five, five, Tampa Bay is. You're, you're going to give them a power play and give them the advantage to score more goals, to take the lead on you to a team that Already has adversity and, and is already battling battling a mental hurdle. Like going down one nothing, two nothing to Tampa Bay early is disastrous. I know the worst lean hockey is two, but I think I think there's a little bit of a difference between Tampa Bay being up two nothing and the average team in, in February of the season being up two nothing. And you, you see some of the penalties the Leafs took even in that first game. We're going to talk about the second game, but even in that first game. Listen, I know the refs are calling everything now. That, that's apparent. They're, they're cracking down on everything. So much so that they're calling stuff that isn't even a penalty. Um, that wouldn't be a penalty in, in September, November of the season, let alone April and May. But what, what, like, at what point does Keith look down the bench and just ask the question? Not, not yell, not, not – you know, he doesn't scream. He doesn't need to swear. But at what point does he look down the bench and say, what are we doing here, boys? Where, where did this come from? Because as a fan, I was exhausted. Exhausted with hearing the referee talk all night. Two minutes here. Two minutes here. Five minutes here. Listen, I know you want to play tough and you want to play aggressive, and I'm all in on that, but some of these stick penalties that they took was ridiculous, and they're lucky. They're lucky that Tampa Bay did not make them pay. And as good as they paid, played, because they played fantastic being Toronto. They played fantastic. Lights out. In terms of their actual play, you really, you really can't nitpick. You you can't sit there and say they did this wrong and that wrong because mistakes happen. I'm talking overall, five nothing was a very good result, but that could have been disastrous for Toronto, considering that was game one at home with home ice advantage. That could have turned ugly, and that was my problem. That was my takeaway. I, I was incredibly happy. I walked away from that game with a smile on my face. The next day, I wore the jersey. Like it was it was one nothing in the yeah. series, but in the back of my mind. In the back of my mind, as deep as I pushed it back there, I was concerned at the fact that they took so many silly penalties and it carried into Game 2.
1: Yeah, well, like, I think... And you were very right to be worried about that, considering what happened in Game 2. But with... Just just to bring it back to Game 1 for one second here, is that the and maybe to bring in the, the point that I made about Cooper and like the narrative that the, the Lightning were not the, 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 the Lightning that we knew on, on Monday night in Game 1, is when you're dominating a team at 5-on-5, five five, the worst thing that you can do, especially against a team like Tampa, is take penalties that are just unnecessary because power plays... Not Like, even if they don't score, even if you don't score, they generate momentum. And in this series, we've noticed it already early, is the shifts in momentum that are happening, right? right? The, the, the play that the – like, the Lightning were not good, I agree, on in game one, but that's because the Leafs were forcing them in a situation that they weren't used to. Right. And it was great. Everyone was closing in on pucks. Hard on, uh, uh, stick on puck, body position, like, smart checking, you know what I mean? Not just hitting the hit. Mm -hmm. But it was also a good combination of, like, just physicality, getting the crowd into it, using home ice advantage. That is all the things that we wanted to see out of this team. But everything that comes with team toughness, there is a slight negative to it. And I think that the way that the Leafs need to, to fix it is to just be smart about the, the, the message-sending that they're doing. Right. And a good example is, like, you don't need to take a penalty like, in the neutral zone when you have already three guys back.
0: Right. Because
1: um, it, just, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? You have layers. There's no, there's no reason to take that penalty there are some penalties that you need to take. But for, for my memory right now, I can't recall a penalty that the Leafs had to take. Like, you know what I mean? We're like, if, it's yeah. a, if, if they don't take this penalty, it's a goal in the back of the Leafs' net. You know what I mean? There wasn't one Yeah, time. so that, that to me is in, in one way discouraging because it's a wasted opportunity that you're not up 2-0. But it's also encouraging that yeah, you could fix that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They, they're. Not, I don't think that the pace of the play uh, that the Leafs can play at is is up to is is the is going to force the Lightning into something that they're not comfortable with. So that's what they need to focus on. But it just it just gets exhausting. Like and it just interrupts the flow of the game. And I know that. Like I, I saw a tweet earlier today. I'm not going to mention the clown's name because he's just a loser. But. Just a quick and he moved off a of sportsnet. Now he's on a breakfast television show, hmm. but he he talks about Tavares and how he hasn't performed yet up for the, in the first two games, one goal in his last ten. All right, fair criticism that John Tavares is a product. He's got to be measured on his production. Absolutely fair, but when we really look at the whole picture here, what these penalties are doing is they're interrupting the flow of the lines. Like there was times where Tavares and Matthews and Nylander for, for that matter, are not getting on the ice in full five minutes of game time, which it, when you include TV timeouts and, and whistles and uh, clearing cleaning the ice stoppages, commercials, all that shit, it's like 15 minutes of real time. Right. So you've got your best skill guys sitting on the bench like cold. And then when they got to go out for their shifts, like how can you expect them to perform up to the, the, the their full ability? You know what I mean? So... Like overall I was really disappointed with some of the calls. The just the way that the, the Leafs are taking these penalties, they're just not being smart about it. Specifically Simmons. Like that one penalty, I think it was just three was it three one? When uh who no, no, sorry. It was two nothing for the Leafs. Bunting just scored to make it two one and it was like a fire up goal. You know what I mean? Matthews lays a hit. That's a goal that switches momentum in the least favor. And then right after, Simmons goes in and kind yep. of slew foots Belmar and just like over over exaggerates the like the physicality that he needed to lay there. He yep. could have just like a little jab cross check at the back sends the exact same message. You know what I mean? And you're not getting called for that because they're not calling the stuff that they can't see. Clearly, we're witnessing it with Corey Perry and, and Patty Maroon. So that's the type of shit that's just not smart. Because then Maroon goes or uh, Simmons goes to the box and you got the, the their top power play on. Kutrov makes it three one. And to me, like that's the game because I'm thinking like shit man, you gotta get four past Vasilevsky in half a game to win this to win this game now? Like it's over. Right. People were saying all oh, it was over when it was uh, it was over when, when Hagel made it five one or whatever it was or four one. Like no, you got it. Like it was. I thought it was over when Simmons took that that other penalty because like it's just not necessary. And then he goes to the box again and he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he they get and they pay for it again. So well, I guess we could talk about what lines you think you would go into game three with, but that to me is the story right now is the special teams battle. And that the Leafs are just giving too many opportunities to the Lightning. To the, and it's just going to make it impossible to win if they continue. Especially when their power play isn't being as efficient as it is. They're 1 for 10 in the series. Well, so that's their power players, it's, it's, exactly.
0: You, you said it right there, just in the sense where it's not only is their power play not not absolutely lights out, you're playing a lights out power play which means you're not scoring on your advantages that they're scoring on, which puts you at the ultimate disadvantage. Because realistically, as good as Toronto is at five on five, the Lightning are very good at five on five as well. So it's it, when, when it's 2 matchups of this much skill, five on five, it's always going to come down to the power play in special teams. And the problem is, I wasn't worried heading into the balls about Toronto's power play. I definitely wasn't worried about the penalty kill and ironically enough the penalty kill scored and and you yeah. like it's it's just amazing that truly it is just amazing that you know one thing's going something's not that thing starts going this isn't and it's not it's only game 2 and you can't really you can't really pick apart game 2 because of what happened in game 1 you just can't because at the end of the day Tampa went 3 for 7 on the power play or 3 for 6 on the power play whatever it was and that was clearly the difference but it kind of does come down to the most obvious point, which is just the, the silly penalties that they are taking is crushing them. It's going to crush them. Tampa's not going to let up. There's not going to be a point in this series where Tampa goes 0 for 6 on the power play and the Leafs win. There's just, that's just not going to happen. It, 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 maybe, maybe game one was that, that little, I don't want to call it, lucky bounce that Toronto needed, but games three through seven, if it goes that far, are going to be a dogfight. I, I do not see any more any more blowouts. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like I think it's, I think now both yeah. teams are settled in. They they know exactly what to expect. They know what both teams are going to. I'm not saying show up with every game, but you have an idea of what to expect. And it, and, and I think the referees stuff. and
1: they know the referees, and they know the standard that the referees are setting. Right. Like. Right. We'll see in the first period of game one tomorrow what what the standard is. But if it if it is it's anything like the first two games, like they're going to there, the refs seem perfectly fine to send seven guys each uh, on each team to the box. If it need be, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and that, that makes it a special teams battle. So it's a matter of adapting. And if they can adapt, then that's what we're going to be talking about. But right now you can't change the past. You can only change the future, like the, how you prepare for the future. and, there needs to be a mindset change, especially with the, 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 the Labushkins, the Simmons, yes. and if Clifford gets in again, like those guys, they just need to be a little bit smarter. I'm not the biggest fan of them on overdrive, but he, uh, Jamie McLennan, he uses the word cagey, like, like guys, just like be aware. You know what I mean? Be aware of what the situation is. And if it's, and if it's warrants a cross check because like a guy that just gets in front of your goalie and you need to send a message you give him a little cross check like but don't like blow him up when after the whistle because you know the ref's picking you out of the pile right and it, and it's very like very simple nikita kutra game two nikita kutra 30 seconds or not 30 seconds, I might be over exaggerating, but like literally a couple minutes before Wayne Simmons' second penalty, where he cross checked Corey Perry uh, after the whistle or whatever. I think Perry went up down a little easy, but like, I, I Perry's a rat, like a literal rat. But he, uh, before Simmons gets called for that, Kucherov got in in, in Mo's face and just like, just cross checked him in the wrist, like just a li- yeah. little, like, if you you can't see me right now, but you're visual like if you visualize it, you're just face to face with the guy, and you just like a little jab at his wrist. Yeah. That could like you're that's fine because the, the ref didn't call that. You know what I mean? But they call Simmons because he he's giving him a blunt force to the arm, and Perry goes down. However hard you think he went, or if he dove or whatever, it doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is the optics of it because, like it or not, that's how the ref's going to call the game. So. We're we're, we're kind of I think we're kind of going in circles about the 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 thing the the, the calls and the, the dumb penalties. But to turn it into a positive is is it seems like the Leafs the the uh, the things that made the Leafs unsuccessful in Game Two and even Game One, but they just didn't get bit in the ass for it, is like something that they can correct. You know what I mean? And I wonder right. I want to get your opinion on it, Luke. Is if you think it's a, lo- a matter of lineup decisions, like how are they, how do you, how would you construct your lineup to maybe say, you know what, we're done with the ship between the whistles, we're gonna put out our best like lineup that allows us to be successful at five on five and and uh, and on the power play and on the penalty kill, etc.
0: Yep.
1: And see, maybe bait Tampa in Game Three to taking the dumb shit. Like maybe if you put in Spetsa for Simmons or something maybe Maroon thinks he could take some liberties with Spezza. And if that gets called, like you take your chances, but you are risking it. You know what I mean? You are risking that, that not getting called in Tampa's home building. And, yep. and you're, and now you're sitting down two one in basically almost a must win game uh, in game four. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Well, I, I do agree that maybe there, there, there has to be a small lineup change. Um, I don't necessarily want to see Simmons out of the lineup because the problem is Maroon's not coming out of the lineup and Perry is not coming out of the lineup. And when you look at the 12 forwards that Toronto has, Simmons is the only guy who's going toe to toe with any of those guys. And I've said this on the podcast before that like, I don't, I don't truly love the fact that Simmons is considered our tough guy. I think Simmons is a tough guy. I just don't think he's the tough guy. So listen, don't get me wrong toe-to-toe with Perry and Maroon, I'm taking Simmons 11 out of 10 times. But the difference is, Corey Perry scored. And yeah. it, it, it sounds so simple, but that's the difference, is that Corey Perry scored. And I, I, did Maroon score? Or was he – was he was in on a – he was in on a play. Like, I know he was in and around the, the net at the one point, like he was most definitely on the ice. And, you know, you, you, you just sit there and you're just kind of like, we're Simmons, you know, we're, 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 Cliff. Like, why can't, why can't Toronto do that? But the problem is those players just aren't wired to do that right now. And when you, when you consider mixing sorry, you go.
1: I, I was just going to jump in here is you, you hit, you hit the nail right on the head. I think the dilemma here is, and I, I can kind of sense it in your voices. You keep Simmons in the lineup because you know, that Perry and Maroon will never open that door. Right. Maroon opened that door that last game, and I think like I would take Simmons over both of them. The problem is that they st- Maroon and Simmons are still doing shit. Yes. Even though, or sorry, Maroon and Perry are still okay, doing yeah. shit. Even though Simmons is in the lineup. Right. So if Simmons isn't, if the if the the fear of fighting Simmons is not enough of a deterrent to stop Maroon and Perry from doing their shit that they're doing. For example, like, literally in the first period, I don't know if you remember this, but the Lightning didn't really get a shot on that. It was, like, one of their first shots. Corey Perry from, like, just inside the blue line, just a fluffer right on Campbell. He covers it up all easy. But Perry darted right in front of Campbell. Like, Whistle was well-blown before he just drives right in front of it, doesn't touch anybody, but he just gets in his grill. Yep. Like he's still doing that. Yep. So why, what that's my dilemma is especially with Simmons. is like, if you're not, he, he can't really play. I haven't seen him make many plays. So if that's going to be the case, like we need someone in there to add a spark and win minutes down the lineup. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's, that it's, it's a very tough decision for Keith. Like, personally i'm putting clifford in over simmons if if that's if that's where we need to uh, if that's where we need to get to and even keep Spezza out of the lineup so like but that's maybe point like in there, man.
0: the moment yeah. the moment clifford comes back in the lineup listen i may I may be wrong but in my opinion that the moment clifford comes back in the lineup the fourth line's dead and i don't mean dead in the sense where it's like like they're not going to do anything but i mean dead in the sense that you're just pretty much asking him to go out there Elbows high, bang bodies, and get off the ice. And at that point, like it's in the way the NHL is turning, it's it's a waste. It's a waste of even the four minutes that they're on the ice because they don't play a ton. So even the four four to six minutes they get, it's a it's a complete waste. Because like I said earlier, Corey Perry scored, and you know when that fourth line's out there, and the thing is, Blackwell gets kind of he's guilty by association because I think he's fantastic. I think he's just kind of stuck in between two. Yeah two guys who can't do anything and that's that's even really including kasha like kasha's kasha's a fine player whatever but when you you stick kasha blackwell and simmons on a line together like like if this was nhl 22 that would be a a c rating of a line you know what i'm saying there's no chemistry there like that's that's just three guys on the ice at one time and it's just unfortunate because they don't match up well against tampa's fourth line and I don't know if bringing in Spezza necessarily changes anything, but I will say that I think bringing in Spezza might add just a little bit of a different veteran presence on that fourth line. So when the, the, the scrums are happening after the whistle, like I don't necessarily think Maroon's going to go after Spezza. I don't think Perry's going after spetsa Sure, they're going to hug each other, you know, a couple of face washers here and there, but I don't think it's going to escalate to that point. And to be honest with you, maybe that's where Toronto needs to take it. Because in the regular season when Toronto shit-pumped Tampa, the physicality didn't start until the end of the third, near the end of the game, when the game got out of hand. Exactly.
1: exactly. So, and, so, and, and, and go ahead, go ahead.
0: Just, I just think that if you're going to try anything, I don't know, I don't necessarily agree with bringing in Robertson or Abruzzese, but maybe bringing in Spetsa is the answer. And you kind of, you kind of shift it on Tampa. You go from, okay, yeah, we're going to play, we're going to play tough. We're going to play in your face. We're going to play the game that you probably expected us to play. Back to the skill game and, and, and see what happens. I mean, worst case scenario, you're gonna score goals. You're not gonna get beat up. You're not gonna get you're not gonna to go to Tampa and get your shit kicked in. You're gonna score goals, you're gonna play high offensive hockey. And if Campbell has a good night, you win that hockey game. But yeah. I just I just think that, I, that it, it's such a it's such a fine margin of error that Keith's playing with right now. And I'm I'm very curious to see what he's gonna to do to tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow.
1: I I yeah, I really hope he does bring Spezza in, and, I, and for this reason only. That, with, with Kosh back, he looks pretty healthy. He had a solid game one, not the best game two, but he looks still healthy enough to play, right? I, I think to get – and bringing in Spezza does a lot of things that it could kill a lot of birds with one stone here. Bringing in Spezza for – both like subbing, not bringing in Simmons or Clifford, but bringing in Spezza to play on that fourth line with Blackwell and the guy that I'm about to mention allows you to not only get a fourth line that you're not worried about defensively and also can provide a spark offensively, it also could offer a spark up the lineup because I think it pushes Kasha up to the line that I want to see him on. So this is my long-winded way of saying, what do you think of... Kasha, Nylander, Tavares, which is a line that had success before Kasha got concussed, just before the trade deadline. So it it, it actually worked. That was one of the very few lines that worked with Nylander and Tavares as as a pair. So you get Nylander as minutes. You get John some offensive weapons. Kasha can crash and bang, all that good stuff. With being on the road now, you want that shutdown line that you could try and match up against one of Tampa's good lines, you then are allowed to reunite McKeever, Engvall, and Camp, which was a solid line, if you remember. Like yeah. they were stuck; they were a, a really good, like no-name version of the Goudreau, Gord, Coleman line from Tampa's two runs yeah. to the cup. And then you have a fourth line; it's a little bit smaller in size, but it's, it's gives Spetsa some speedy guys in Kerfoot and Blackwell. And those guys can definitely punch in a goal, and you fight the the fourth line of Maroon, who literally can't move, yeah. and Perry, who's not so fast at all, and you got two speedsters in Kerfoot Blackwell, and you got Spetta, who's a really good uh, passer in the in the O zone. I think that you you go into that Tampa game three in with that lineup, you put you put Tampa on their heels. You know what I mean? And if that's the case. Then sorry, can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, see. Sorry, sorry. Someone was calling me and I and I didn't want it to uh, didn't want it to uh, cut me off. Disconnect, but anyways, you know? what I'm saying is yeah, what, I didn't want to disconnect. Anyways, what I'm saying is is if you if you do that, if you do that, you can put tampa on their heels. You know what I mean? And you dictate the way that the game's going to go. And if that's the case, if at the end of the day, after game three tomorrow night, we're complaining about how the refs let the fourth line get away with everything and that uh, Perry was punching Spezza in the face and all this shit, you know what I mean? Then I'm fine with them as long as the Leafs iced a lineup that was more of a threat to score at five on five and wasn't going to take dumb penalties. Right. You know what I mean? I'd rather us oh, cool. talk about the refs being shitty than oh, the refs called way too many penalties on us. And, and they also called a lot of penalties on there. I don't want to get into a special teams battle with Tampa is what I'm trying to say. Right. And I think the lineup that I just mentioned, bringing in Spetta and, and sitting Simmons and Clifford, then it, it just frees you up for that, for that matchup. So what do you think about that?
0: Yeah. I To be honest with you, if that's the route that they're going to go, you've got to do it for game three. You have to see if it works early. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I, I think that's something that Keith kind of has to live or die with. Like realistically, rotating between Simmons and Clifford and and Spezza at this point, like you're you're not really you're not really doing anything. You know what I'm trying to say? Like you're kind of bringing in this guy for this guy for this guy, and it, nothing's really changing. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do a complete overhaul on the lines and and, and flip everything, because really you're dropping Kerfoot from the second to the fourth. Like I'm perfectly okay with that, but you got to do it in game three, and you have to commit to it. It can't be a half-assed version of, of going to this high-octane offense, like like quick pace, puck possession, shots on net. We don't even want to give Tampa a chance. Like, if, if that's the case, they have to do it for 60 minutes because Tampa's, Tampa's not going to sit there and expect Toronto to, especially because they're going to see the lineup, Tampa's not going to sit there and be like, okay, they're coming to bank bodies. They know what they're doing. They're going to see the lineup and, and understand that Toronto's going to play with speed and, and hope for puck possession all night. But the problem is, sorry,
1: go. I was just gonna say, but Tampa can't handle the speed. They right. saw that in Game One. You know what right. I mean, like they, like the re? What what was kind of a blessing in disguise with that Clifford getting kicked out was it didn't allow the fourth line to play that much, and the fast guys on the top nine re- played a little bit more, and it gave Tampa a lot of problems. So that, that's my thought. Is you know what, like especially with Tampa now having last change and John Cooper being the good coach that he is like, imagine right now if who would have to come out, it would just be one of Clifford. Like just imagine they ice the exact same lineup that they did in game two with Blackwell, Simmons and Kasha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't think that if they get like, they were getting caught out in their zone a lot even if you bring in Clifford instead of Simmons, like either or, they, I view them the same almost. Yeah. Like, you don't think John Cooper's throwing the Sam Coast line over the boards or the point line over the boards and, and going to try and give them a, a hard time? Like, that to me is, is dangerous. And, and it's a real threat, especially if they throw the Sam Coast line out and Samcoast gets going because he's been quiet right now. If he gets feeling himself... Then that's another guy that you're worried about, and it's just you're you don't want to you don't want to be hearing his name a lot if you're Leaf fans. So that's something that I'm worried about, especially when you ice both Clifford and Simmons, if not just one. So I I, I kind of interrupted your thought there, but like I just want to get that in there. It's the wow. last change has it, to be a are
0: Right, and I completely agree. And I think on that note, we can give a, a quick prediction into uh, tonight's matchup. Um, game three, first game in Tampa. I think that the game will be a lot closer. If if I if I was a betting man, capital if I was a betting man, I would probably consider taking the under. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tampa's gonna win this one. Um, I think the Leafs are gonna get him in game four, but I think it's gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be one of those. I think it's one of those series where it's gonna go. One and one, one and one, home, home, home. Does that make sense? Did I reiterate that properly? Yeah. So Leafs are gonna take it in yeah. seven, so I think it's gonna go one 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 home home home. And that's honestly pretty much exactly how I expected the series to, to play out. So if I think of a final prediction, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a three-two Tampa overtime game. And I know that's not the best thing to say on a on a Leafs podcast, but I'm a realist. I still think they're winning the series. I just think game three might go to Tampa three two in overtime.
1: Yeah, I think to me it's. I'm probably thinking the other way. I'm thinking the Leafs can can, can squeeze this one out, um, just because. And mind you, my prediction will change depending on the lineup tomorrow. I, I I'll I'll be waiting this or tonight. Sorry, I, I know we're. I gotta always worry about the time of uh, <laughs> time of release. But, yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is here, I think that the Leafs can grab this one. It's really a coin flip. I'm with you on the under. I think that it's going to tighten up a little bit. But the thing with – and the only thing that's driving me to the under is Vasilevsky because I really think that the Leafs are going to find a way to get their big guns going at five-on-five again. And if the Leafs play with pace and they bring in their speed guys and they're allowed to skate and maybe they could turn the – if the crowd is a little bit more pro-Leaf, like – I don't know. They're in Florida, so who knows? But you just like kind of like plant the doubt in Tampa and really push them to to a point where they're chasing the game as opposed to the Leafs chasing the game. I think that the Leafs can draw like maybe a three three two four four three win. Like I think it's going to be really close. But um, I think there's it's if Vasilevsky starts feeling himself early, then all bets are off because that, once that guy's yeah. feeling himself, like, you you really, you really, it's, it's just tough to beat him. It's amazing that the Leafs have, I think they beat him eight times already over the last two games. So, you know what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really puzzled. I think that the Leafs, the Leafs take a 3-2 victory tomorrow night, and then, hell, like, it's probably going to go t- split 1-1, but... I got a funny feeling that the Leafs can take both in Tampa. Like, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, Tampa might like this might be a like a letdown spot for Tampa. They're like, oh, we got we're one one. We're going back home. They're probably feeling it. You know what I mean? On the on the bus, uh, everyone's feeling good in Tampa in Tampa Land because they're on their way home. They got a split. They're probably thinking ahead of it and like let's take two from these guys and and really put the pressure it, uh, on this team when they go back for Game Five in Toronto. But. I think that this Leafs team really needs to just play more free. You know what I mean? The pressure's off. They got a win already. They've scored on Vasilevsky a lot. Don't take dumb penalties. And hell, they might take two from Tampa in Tampa. Like wouldn't that be a story? So, wouldn't that be that's a story? <laughs> wouldn't that be but then hey, it's not over, right? We all know what three one leads can do. So they la, I'm not la, saying la, I'm not la, even saying can, Yeah, I'm not even saying the Leafs can win like the Leafs uh, will close it like that like before the series i predicted lightning in six so you know what like for them it's really a matter of i'm gonna i'm gonna be able to tell how how ready they are to play in the first 10 minutes because the lightning might the lightning could uh could use the crowd to their advantage but if the leafs like dictate the pace of the play as opposed to let the lightning come to them uh then they could really really uh take game three and then really put some pressure on Tampa in game four with their game breakers. So I'm really excited to see what happens.
0: Well, I appreciate the optimism. I hope everyone in Leaf Nation is just as optimistic as Anthony. Um, We'd like to thank (laughs) you. (laughs) We'd like to thank you for listening to us on another episode of Center of Leaf Nation. I had a blast. Anthony, I hope you did.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: All right. We'll see you on the next episode.
1: Yeah, always good chatting. Go Leafs.
0: Go Take care, guys.
1: This latest podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Focal USA and the Council on Queen West. Also, be sure to register your email address on our website, centerofleasenation.com, for all our weekly updates directly to your inbox.